You can't use money. You can't use light to seek light. Yeah? It's not why. Why isn't why can't you use the Buddha to seek the Buddha? Because the only way the Buddha would seek the Buddha is if he real if he didn't know he was the Buddha. <laughs> the Buddha's not gonna seek the Buddha, obviously. Because it's being the Buddha. Why would it want to look for itself as an objectification when it's looking from Buddhahood? Yeah? So if you're trying to get somewhere, it really dis- it really describes very, very vividly where you think you're leaving from. And if the leaving is the problem, yeah, if the leaving is the problem, then all your plans of getting there won't work because you're leaving from a false reference. You're taking yourself to be other than what you are. Like St. Francis supposedly said so beautifully, what's looking is what you're looking for. Wouldn't that sort of disarm a lot of preconceiving? You heard that? What's looking is what you're looking for. Oh, well, then why the hell am I looking for what's looking? If what's looking is what I'm looking for, you know, right now, <laughs> yeah? Now, the mental state takes that statement and goes, you and I are looking for what's looking. And now it's objectified. And therefore, you can look and look and look and look and look. And, be, and your, the selfing will be just growing in that spiritual Petri dish and mutating with loving gazes and wearing loose, flowing clothes. and You know what I mean? Growing hair and stuff like that. But it's not it. Because now you're looking for an objectification of what you're lo- what's looking, which is us. You can't get out of it if you think you're in it. It's impossible. So here, you and I are looking for what's looking. Sounds like, wow, that could go on forever. It could be 80 retreats. I could go to 80 retreats looking for what's looking. I could. I could go to seven continents looking for what's looking. I could... I could and knowing what I am, I'm going to have to purify, so if I ever find what's looking, I can sort of receive what's looking. Well, all the while, it's what's looking. <laughs> I mean, maybe you'll go on 80 retreats, but you'll go on 80 retreats not looking for what's looking, but looking from what's looking. Yeah. Maybe you have better food than where you are, you know? Maybe they're going to have tantric massage. And like some of the retreats I was on, the rooms were better than the house, the room I have in my house. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. They just said, well, you have to meditate five hours. Oh, five hours is worth it. <laughs> Three beautiful meals a day, five hours. All right, I'll meditate. <laughs> but you're not going to get over it because of the fundamental mistake. And this is all really the, the the one the spiritual stuff I like the best are like warnings. Really, they're basically telling you like something on the side of a cigarette pack that says this could be dangerous to your health. This is sort of the same thing. Ramana Maharshi says it beautifully. You know that there's a presupposing, and the, the wording is perfect. Presupposing of a non-existent thing. Yeah. And then that non-existent thing, wanting right now, maybe wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing. In other words, the non-existent thing wants to get some of that salvation. Yeah. You see it? How could that work out? How could, sal- how could salvation be had by a non-existent thing, first of all? Yeah. 
So it's this presupposing. And this is the trick. If you see it, it's going to imply sooner or later that you're not it. See? If you're looking from the heist, I don't care how many security systems you buy, the heist has already occurred. It's too late. They're in the house, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's pointless to buy more security. You're actually fortifying them staying in. <laughs> so, if, and your quality is to see. You're doing it right now. You think you're seeing a thing, because that's how the mental state interprets seeing. It turns it into a form of looking called self-centeredness. So self-centeredness sees, sees things. And we see everything and how it pertains to us. That's self-centeredness, yeah. But seeing is not looking. Seeing, yeah. Seeing is just awareness, yeah. And right now, you could maybe call it a subdivision of seeing. Consciousness is moving through. And if you watch just being awake all day, does it demonstrate any effort or thought to be awake? Well, let's say be conscious. We have a whole idea of what awakeness means, but let's say being conscious, does it demonstrate any thought of? Do you work at it? Really? I mean, really? Have you ever gone to a seeing class? No. You know, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just flooding out. If it had 30 gates, it would go through 30 sensors. Yeah. This, this, the, the amount of doors doesn't doesn't limit the presence of what's behind the doors. <laughs> you know what I mean? And also, and it isn't like there's this thing called awareness, like a giant eye cloud or something. And then there's these unseen pipes that are piping some diluted awareness called consciousness, and they're coming through us, yeah, and we have to pay our consciousness bill every week, every month, you know, like an electric bill, you know what I mean? It's like, we're not it, we gotta buy it, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, that sounds absurd, doesn't it? You know, how do you feel it like, is there like a little entry, like in the back where the consciousness comes in and then looks out? It's like a jack-o'-land, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, no. It's just obviously <laughs> we're misperceiving quite a lot because we're relying on something that's not reliable when you're looking for what you are because you can't find what you are. It's, it's recognizing what's looking, yeah? And the mental state can't do it. It's perceptions are going to see things. I don't care how purified you get, you're going to see things, yeah? That's what it does. It sees objects, perception. Perceptions put on a pair of sunglasses changes everything, right? That's how easy perceptions can be changed. So this consciousness, I would say, is if you would... An active reference point, that's the active reference point. You're being. You're being conscious right now. Yeah. And then a mental state arises after the conscious contact, and this is what happens, the mental state, what I call selfing, all the thoughts and everything, all the memories, presuppose that you are a non-existent thing before everything. So now you're the one who's conscious. Instead of realizing your consciousness, you try to realize consciousness from, I'm conscious. Yeah? And I gotta get me some more of this, so I'm gonna start look for ways to increase consciousness, but you don't increase consciousness, do you? 
So this whole fun, the flaw, the little mistake just gives birth to tons of other little mistakes. Yeah? If, the, if the reference point is, isn't on the money, it's like buying maps to LA under the assumption you're leaving from Omaha and you're fucking in Nova Scotia. Yeah? Now the maps are totally, they're valid, they'll get you to LA, but they're based or predicated on you being in Omaha. When you read the map, if you're in Nova Scotia, they're not going to get you to L.A. This is it. It's just a misapprehension. There's a mis-something, yeah? That gets reinforced and implied and insinuated constantly by the thought system that most of us at least are hearing during the day. And actually, I'd say most of us are listening to it. Yeah, we're listening to it like our favorite radio station because it's the flagship radio station of K-Paul, you know, or K-Steve, or K-Mike. So we're very interested in the news about me, <laughs> really. I don't give a shit about anyone else, but me, I'm fucking been listening to it for 50-something years. And if you actually had a total, let's say you... Eight billion thoughts have gone through this. I would say about seven, seven and a half billion have been about you. I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge amount of mental minutia that constantly is implying, assuming, insinuating you're a body, a historical body, and maybe you're a fucked historical body who wants to get unfucked. Yeah? But the whole point, the, the, the non-existent thing is what's presupposed to be for letting go, holding on, getting close to the truth, moving away from the truth, having an ego, losing an ego. It's the same sense of self prior to all that. All the freaking topics we run into will be met seemingly by this. Yeah. So if it, And what happens? It rolls with the duality. Yeah. Oh man, I felt great. I feel terrible. But it's still the same seeming one that felt great and the same seeming one that felt terrible. Yeah. It never, so whatever twos arise, it uses both of them to presuppose it's the one they're happening to. This is the bondage of self. This is the bondage of self. It's like in old England where they have, you know, Peter of Mary. So Peter came from Mary, yeah? Or Robert of Duke. So Robert came from Duke. Well, this is bondage of self. Bondage comes from self. If there's an identification as self, one of the strong possibilities is you're going to be bound. You're going to be bonded by more things than you can even imagine. <laughs> but it doesn't say bondage to, because there is no to, and there is no self. Because it has to be a real thing to be bonded to. Yeah? But bondage of is like it, it's issued forth from there. It's from there. So the bondage, it doesn't say self of bondage, it says bondage of self, yeah? So self is the Petri dish, and one of its lovely little fucking laboratory experiments is the sense of being bound, you know? Bound to your job, bound by this, bound by that, bound by your shortness, bound by your largeness, bound, 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 just constantly riffing, Based not on the bondage, the, the, the seeming authenticity of the bondage has no relevance other than as a self. 
read it, the book, bondage of. It does not say bondage to, it says bondage of. So self is in place, and then one of the lovely things self-generates is bondage, or the possibility of being bound, because what can be bound and what can be unbound? A body, a spirit. How are you going to you know, bind a spirit? How, how are you going to catch it, first of all? Watch its tail and watch its face. You can't recognize it. It's just, I bound. I've got spirit bound. Yeah, show me. I don't fucking see it. But a body, yes. You see? It's all rooted in this simple mistake. If you see it, relief will follow. And the relief will verify you are correct in the diagnosis. And I mean stabilized relief, not relief that's based on you. <laughs> not, be, not based on how you're feeling today, but relief from you. That stabilizes. And therefore you know the tree by its fruit. It's a fucking good tree. And I'm going to sit here, if I can, right now, because I've been getting hit by that fucking other tree by its fruits. <laughs> I don't want to fucking sit under there anymore. And then, what's, what's there and what doesn't seem to be here? Oh, this little idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Bing! Yeah, see it. Every time I got loaded, I was trying to get out of it. Every fucking time. Every time I shot dope, I was trying to get out of me. But it's, very, it's impossible to escape from an imaginary place. I was trying to get out of a phantom, and how could I ever succeed if I saw it to be existing? No fucking way. I was already defeated, and all the efforts to get out of it, like Ramana says in such a beautiful way, you know, if your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? So if the practices you may be under the assumption of, you're going to be getting out of something. Yeah, if I keep practicing, I'll get out of that fucking thing, self. Yeah. But the self is much quicker than any process you can do. It takes about 500 of a second for the brain to produce a sense of self. There's no process in this world that gets before that. The only thing that can beat that gunslinger is timelessness. And that's what we inherently are. We are being. We're not doing awareness, we're not doing consciousness, we're not doing sobriety. We are being it, you know. We are being the spiritual condition, which is to me the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition. And that's the basic deal of a daily reprieve from alcoholism, is contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. What if you were being a spiritual condition? Don't you think being is the highest form of maintenance? I mean, <laughs> if you're being the solution, you can't maintain it any better than that. <laughs> and it's not exhausting, because you're being exactly what you are. You're not trying to do what you are from what you're not. You've just seen you're not that, and then the being becomes obvious. And when it becomes obvious, it shows itself that it's always been this way, and nothing ever fucking really happened to disturb it one bit. You just thought it did. And it all comes after the word thought. All the baloney, you see it. Like, there's a great, uh, a great line in recovery, one of the stories, and it's the person's going to go back out and drink. And it goes, a thought occurred to me. 
You know, I could put some fucking whiskey in the milk. A thought occurred to me. That's every day, every chapter of every book of my life could be, that could have been the sign. Oh, a thought occurred to me. It'd be a good idea to fucking, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, another thought occurred to me. But thoughts are going to occur to you if you're a thought. <laughs> if you're, and a thought has no immunity to other thoughts. What you are produces an immunity to thought because it ain't a thought. Being is not being thought of. It is, yeah? But that which is a thought is being thought of all fucking day. How the hell is that going to get out of the system of thought if it's a thought? (laughs) Yeah. And don't wait for the action figures to get better. <laughs> it's got stubborn proclivities. <laughs> if you keep thinking, if you have that condition that you've got to get ready to be to, to be that, you're mistaken. You know. <laughs> There's a thing in recovery, the fourth step, and it was a great share I heard. And, you know, people think if they do the fourth step, the inventory, and they share it, everything's going to maybe will get great. But really, what happens, the result of the fourth step, it allows you to accept things as they are. It's not about changing everything, everything gets great. You just allow to accept things as you are, you as this included. <laughs> I mean, you're a thing, non-existent one, but <laughs> you will accept things as they are. This is one of them. <laughs> topic of conversation in your head all day, really. You're like a little, I mean, it's like you're grazing in a pasture. You're not burning people's houses. <laughs> you could maybe every once a month you have to look over to it. Oh, still there, still grazing. The action figures <laughs> wants to get a latte or buy a thrift store. Sure, it's not like fucking conspiring to destroy people's lives <laughs> on Facebook. It just wants to be left alone, basically. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? <laughs> so yes, it's a beautiful invitation. And you really do know the problem from the solution. Yeah? If you heard it, and when, when I read the big book of recovery, they put names to things I had felt. Yeah, I had felt something had defeated me. I had felt like I was possessed when I drank and used. I felt that I was driven by a dark passenger, like they say in Dexter, you know. I felt a lot of things. And then they described what I had been feeling and put a name to it, saying, hey, self is what has defeated us. So it rang incredibly true. Almost like a bell in that church. It just rang. I knew it. And then, so they, and then, I did what I was told to do in AA, and I started to get a little space from certain things because I saw by going to meetings, you know, I had that sense of terminal uniqueness. That's like you're at the end stages of uh, self selfitis. Let's say <laughs> you're at the point of fucking, you know, when you have this thick terminal uniqueness shell, and you believe in really believing truly that no one thinks like you do. <laughs> 
No one's ever felt like you do. No one ever did what you did. You know, you really do. You're thinking you're such a unique bad thing. Deserves no light at all. <laughs> and then you would hear other people at meetings talk about feelings and thoughts and reactions to life, and yet you could only come to two conclusions. Where did they get my thoughts? Or they're not my thoughts. And that was a revelatory moment when I saw that what I was taking to be mine ain't mine. It's like a foreign intruder, let's say. Yeah? Once, and as soon as I had that flavor that it's not me, the next, the next possibility that was always pregnantly available but never dawned on me because it needed the precursor. I had to see that which I was calling myself to be, see it as not me. As soon as I saw it, and I saw it before anything, something downloaded and I saw it, and then as soon as I saw that, the next possibility was I could be free from it. That's what works. That is what worked for me. Because I was, and then in hindsight, I realized I had been trying to get free as it, free for it, free through it, free by it, but I never entertained the possibility I may not be that which I was taking myself to be. I really never, and with all the spiritual practices, it never really broke through. Because it has an incredible maneuver. Whatever you do will be used to imply the doer, which is self. Whatever you hear, whatever message you hear, is going to be used to imply the hearer. Yeah? And if the hearer takes itself to be a sheep, and in actuality you're a lion, when you hear the message, I, I'm a lion, you will not hear it that way. It will be heard as, I can become like a lion, because the sheep identification is in place, unbeknownst to the lion. To the lion, for all intents and purposes, it thinks it's a sheep. And that's, again, it thinks it's a sheep. It thinks, thinks, thinks. There's a reliance on a thought system that has an objective, Basically, to objectify you, really. And then, and once it objectifies you, then the thought thinks about you ad nauseum. Yeah? So, once you start seeing it, you're finally, now the presupposing or non-existent thing can't get behind you. You're the seeing, and nothing gets behind you. Nothing gets behind what's looking right now. No, no thing. Nothing. Yeah? Now you start seeing what you used to look from. Yeah? You start seeing, and what self is, is a verb. It's selfing. It's an activity. And if you entertain it in a certain way, you'll make it seem to be so, because you are the giver of all reality here. As the Course in Miracles pointed out very clearly, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. It's a very comprehensive statement. Everything at all. There's no, there's no wiggle room. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. We are the reality, not as this. Yeah? And we're lending reality to things, thoughts of things and feelings of things, right? By being identified as a thing. That's what's happening. Of course, says it so beautifully. You and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. How the hell does dreaming forget it's dreaming? Now, if it, if it was something else and it was dreaming, it could forget it's dreaming. But if it's dreaming, how could dreaming forget it's dreaming? How could being forget it's being? It's, there wouldn't be a gap when it was never not being. 
to be able to be forgotten. Really, literally, yes? There would be no gap for it to have to remember if it was being. It's just being. There's no escape from that. So how does the dreaming forget that it's dreaming? Well, this is how I saw it. And it can only reach a level of seemingly so. It can only appear to be true or false to you. Anything can appear to be true or false to you here. Anything. On any given day, really. So you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Oh, we're the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. And to me, how I feel that seems to happen. It cannot happen, but it seems to happen to us as reality is we become identified as the dreamt, a body. Yeah. Now in this position, now everything we've dreamt or our dreaming has the ability to affect us as a body. That sounds like everyone's day here. There's a lot of good medical books and they're not fucking by the AMA. The Course in Miracles, fucking early Zen, the Chinese versions. There's some really good fucking diagnosis <laughs> of what's happening here. And it's usually very cryptic. It's not 800 zillion pages. It's like, what you're looking for is what's looking. <clears throat> and, you know, the seeker is the sort. Bing! Over. Yes? What the hell are you fucking doing? Bing! <laughs> you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Boom! <laughs> you can't use the light to seek the light. Boom! <laughs> It's like being a contestant on a spiritual game. You're getting buzzed off every second. You have a oh, here's Mr. Hedeman, Miss Tree Hedeman, Tree Hedeman. He's been in five continents with twelve shamans. Has done every fucking herb imaginable, man. All right, what's your answer, Mr. Hedeman? The secret something out. Mr. Hedeman's out. What? Thirty years of spiritual resume. He's out the first fucking first segment of the show. <laughs> he gets his buzzed off. <laughs> What's your answer? Just staring. You you go back next week. <laughs> that was the clearest answer of the whole fucking episode. <laughs> He's the winner. This year's winner. <laughs> what do you care? Do you, what, what's, what's your, what happened to you? I lost complete interest. <laughs> I lost the interest in the need to be liberated. Bing! You are the winner! The fucking winner! <laughs> you have successfully figured it all out by not trying to figure it all out. Just hearing what others have said, entertain it, see if it... See, if it seeps in, if it dies you completely. You don't need 800 pages. One little cryptic statement can do. One little thing can turn it all around. Just like for me, it was being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. And that's what it says in recovery. Self and us, two different things. We're us, seemingly, and there's self. If you can see it as something other than you, there's a possibility of getting really, really stabilized relief from it. Yes. Yes. You've got to have that sense of foreignness. Because the mind is captured by the act of identification. If it can entertain, it's not by giving it some word like parasite or foreign installment. As soon as it sees it as something other, it's, it's on. 
now we can start entertaining being free from it. Yeah. I, this is, I'm just hindsight. I'm just telling you what happened with me. That's the action for you. And AA is great because it's a way of life. And the action figure needs a way of life. If, especially if it's been unruly. You know? Where it goes off the rails, you need some guardrails. AA is an incredible way of life for the action figure. It's sort of like people, they, this is the one I always get. All right, so if there isn't a person, then why should I do the steps? And this and that? Well, you know what? Let's say you were diabetic and you seemingly woke up. Would you stop taking insulin? No. The body has diabetes. Well, alcoholism is in the brain and the body. Yes? <laughs> you know, I've met a lot of people who tried Buddhism to get out of alcoholism, and now they're drunk Buddhists. I've seen a lot of them. I have. Drunk ace, you know, Course in Miracles people, drunk everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the contradiction? There isn't any. The spirit is spirit, you know, like Jesus says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, yeah? This needs a way of life, or it's going to find another way of life. <laughs> and like they say, I've done that. <laughs> I don't need to return. <laughs> that, that went through every revolution it could possibly go through. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, like it never happened. That's so beautiful. What's so beautiful about recovery, in my experience, is the urge that drove everything was removed. And you know what? I have never had a thought or a feeling to do drugs or alcohol ever since. And, you know, there's a lot of good methodologies, but there usually is the thing they have to come back, which is a thought. If there's no thought, there's nothing you need to do. I do not have any thoughts generated about using or drinking. Now, could I possibly have done that? No fucking way. Something or nothing did it. I mean, totally. Like, the, pro- the, the, the problem does not exist as me anymore. I mean, that just mirrors the possibility of what mind is. Yeah? It's a demonstration here of what big M mind is. Big in mind at any moment at all, all of your seeming problems cannot exist for you. That's how powerful and potent it is. Without its, there's nothing, there's no bomb or salve like the big in mind. It brings inclusiveness and spaciousness to all of your claustrophobic, confined, contracting activities of the mental, emotional, memory states, yes? It's just a fucking huge spaciousness. Allows everything to appear in it, yet nothing affects it whatsoever. You've never been blemished. There's been no tattoo laid on it. Nothing. Nothing you ever did left a mark, yeah? This is all self-arrogance here. We're thinking we can separate from that or something. Or, or worse off, we think we can go there. <laughs> as we're, as we, we're, we're so powerful, we've separated from everything. And now, I think, I've got, I'm, I think I'll go for it. I'm going to go back to everything. <laughs> 
that's the incredible arrogance. You ever seen the movies and stuff where someone's dying and the person's grabbing them by the shoulder and says, you can't do this to me. Like the person's dying, <laughs> give him a fucking break. It's his last moment on life. No, we got that dinner engagement. <laughs> this self-arrogance is mind-boggling, is it? And they have the, the movies with Nicolas Cage. He's an eternal celestial being and decides to give up his wings to, you know, fornicate with Meg Ryan. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. What, an eternal, blissful non-entity is going to come here. Really? <laughs> he must be fucking insane. Oh, they're knocking at the door. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't wait to get in here. Be discouraged and have no love and feel like I want love. Oh, yeah, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> Maybe I'll meet that special someone. Yeah, it's always great, but you never think it through to the divorce. You'll be divorced from Meg Ryan. In two years, you'll be washed up with no wings. <laughs> How do you like it now? Oh, what a mistake. <laughs> I think I should have stayed with the celestial side of it. Yeah, it's, don't you see that? Incredible arrogance that everything in this whole non-entity—they want to be, they want to be one of us. Oh, really? I'll change places. Fucking yeah! Never sweating. You know what I mean? No, never run out of toilet paper because you don't have to take a shit. Nothing like that. You're just free from all. Oh, it's so great here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all rooted in we think we're so fucking special. We don't. The mental state does. And we're aligned with it. So when we talk, when we use the language of the mental state, it's constantly, it's constantly implying that we have a lot to do with shit we have nothing to do with. It doesn't Listen to it. It's always I, me, my, did that, do that, do that, that. You know, even like, I always, always used to use this one. Because I went back to New York once to do some talks, and my hair had got grown, you know. So the guy says, hey, you're growing your hair. And I went, yeah, yeah, I've been growing my hair. Looking pretty good. Eh? It's pretty, I'm doing a good job. You're going bald. Something's off. you got to start working harder on it. And you know what? I joined a group of other people, and when I... I can grow my hair better with other people growing their hair, you know? We meet Saturday, maybe you should come. Maybe you should go to the retreat, because you're lacking, uh, you're balding. Yeah? It sounds like I do it, does it? The language. It says, I'm growing my hair, right? So, oh, wow, you are? Really? <laughs> How do you do that? Oh, well, watch. So, you know, <laughs> can't you see I'm doing? No, I don't see it. I don't see you doing anything, but I'm growing my hair. Isn't it? That's the way it is. This is what we're listening to all day. Don't you think it'd be quite easy to fall into the, the idea of being that which is talked about all day up there? Of course it would. If you're not open, if you're seeing from it, you're tranced out, basically. So, that's that, eh? Yes? Any questions? No? You feel it? Well, like uh, what you said about that. Uh